0: Hello, hello, welcome to another episode of the Podcast Manager Show. I'm so excited that you are here today. We are talking to Kristen Westcott about how we can use a project management system to organize and grow our businesses and our clients' podcasts. Kristen is the perfect person to talk to about this topic because she is a director of operations and just a systems strategist expert. She loves talking systems. So I'm so excited to have her on the show today to talk about Trello, Asana, ClickUp, Google Drive, and her advice to us on the systems that we can implement into our businesses and for our clients' podcasts. So whether you love systems or you don't like systems, you will love this episode because you're going to learn a lot. So let's go talk to Kristen. Hey there, I'm Lauren, and you're listening to the Podcast Manager Show a podcast for podcast managers. Each week, we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Kristen, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, I am so happy that you are here. And we're going to be talking about project management, which I love systems. I know you probably love systems more than I do. So I'm excited that we can talk about this and give the listeners some clarity on how they can set up their systems and things like that. Uh, But before we dive into that, I would love to know a little bit about you. So can you share that with us?
1: yeah absolutely so you'll probably hear quickly in my voice but i am canadian and so i live in niagara falls ontario so that's just above the the new york border there so i'm from the northeast we talk fast (laughs) i'm also a mom to two little girls so my girls currently at the time of recording are four and six they are a little, they love Disney. They love everything about Disney, which I love Disney too, but I was never a princess kid. So I'm just kind of shocked that I have these two girls that are like all up in the princessy stuff and whatever. And I'm just like, oh my God, can we play with something other than Barbies and princesses? But that's, <laughs> you know, in a little bit of a nutshell there. Um, I love all things aqua, uh, anything aqua and you, you bet I'm going to pick it up whether I need it or not. It's, it's just becomes a need. I don't like coffee. I know it's so uh, such a weird thing to say as an entrepreneur, but I don't like coffee. I drink, I drink tea. So you'll, you'll often find me with several cups of tea throughout the day, decaf in the afternoon so that I'm not kept up all night. So that's just a little bit about me.
0: Love that. And I think it's almost even more weird that it's like, if you're an entrepreneur that doesn't like coffee, that that's strange. Like why, why is entrepreneurship and coffee like something that has to happen? It's silly. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So then how did you get started working online? Tell us a little bit about that story.
1: Yeah, so it it has been a journey. And so, like I said, my youngest is four now. And with both my children, I had really bad postpartum depression. But with my second child, I was seeking treatment from a women's clinic that we have here in Ontario. And one of the things that they suggested to me was that I find a hobby. And I was like, who has time for a hobby, right? I've got a <laughs> two-year-old and an infant, like a hobby, what are you talking about? But of course I did my homework and I started Googling different things that could potentially be a hobby for me. And whatever I was Googling, obviously, you know, Google targets you with different ads and I got, um, targeted with ads for health coaching. And so I started to look into that and I thought, "Mm, maybe this is the answer to helping me solve what's going on with my postpartum depression and a hobby. Like maybe it's a two in one, right? Like I'm a type A personality. So I love to kind of like just make things fit. And so I went through and I got certified as a health coach, and then they I added on the life coaching certification after that. And I started in the online space doing that. and I loved it. But then after my maternity leave, I went back to work. And so now I'm, you know working all day, coming home, being mom in the evening to the one and the three year old at the time. And then, trying to build this business in the evening. And as you know, when we first get started, we all, we take a whole bunch of courses, right? A whole bunch of these, you know, $500 courses trying to figure it all out because we don't really know how we're building a business. And I got into a bunch of all these Facebook groups that go along with these courses. And what ended up happening was instead of me spending my time building my coaching practice, I found I was spending most of my time supporting these other women in building their coaching practices. And so, six months down the road, you know, my husband asked me, oh, how are things going? Right. And I'm like, well, I have no clients. He's like, how is that possible? You're up there for like two hours every night, like every day of the week, what's going on? And I'm like, well, I'm not exactly marketing myself because I'm doing this instead. And it was that conversation, just something kind of flipped and thought, well, why am I doing this instead? And, you know, like what makes this so much more appealing to me? And it actually Mm -hmm. mirrored what I was doing in corporate. I spent about 10 years in corporate doing goal setting and time management and planning with students. I worked at the local university and I was teaching them learning skills and how to balance different aspects of their life when they are just thrown into the university environment. And for the first time ever have complete control over their schedules. And I thought, hmm, that kind of mirrors entrepreneurship because many of us leave corporate where we are very controlled in that environment and then get into entrepreneurship. And we have complete control of our schedules, but we need help kind of structuring what to do and how to grow our business and that kind of stuff. And so that's when I thought this, this is what I need to do. This is like the journey come full circle, right? I've learned, I've, I've spent two years learning everything in the online space to grow a business. And I've spent a decade teaching these kinds of concepts and I brought them together. So then I took a couple of courses. I got certified. I did project management courses and I got certified as a director of operations, which for your listeners, if they're not familiar with that term, the more commonly known phrase in the online space is an integrator. Mm -hmm. And so I spent two years then running the back end of a couple of coaching businesses, right? Managing their teams and their projects and their processes and all of those components come together. And then the pandemic hit. (laughs) And at the time that it started, my kids were three and five and I lost daycare. I lost school, right? Just like many other moms out there, right? It all came back on us Mm -hmm. to now deal with the kids and try and do what we were doing. And I was trying, I was running three launches a quarter. Wow. And without kids home, that's exhausting. (laughs) Yeah. Never mind when the kids come home. And so at the end of 2020, I was so burnt out. And I said to my husband, like, I just can't do this anymore. I have to find a way to use my skill set, and, you know, kind of switch what I'm doing to help other people do, you know, whatever it is. And so that's when I, I made the transition early this year, instead of focusing on those half a million dollar business owners who can afford to have a director of operations and integrator, I want to support those people that are in that messy middle space, right? They've, they've got a business, they've got some clients, they're climbing close to six figures, or maybe they've just crossed six figures, but they don't know how to take what they've got and grow it without mm-hmm. themselves heading to burnout. Because every time we start to think, we're like, I can't possibly do any more. I cannot bring on any more clients. I can't do any more in my week than I already am. I feel mm-hmm. stuck. How am I going to get this to grow? And so that's when I was like, there is this great opportunity for me to support women in that space who are dealing with the pandemic, who are dealing with the responsibilities at home. And, and you know even people that don't have children, they're dealing with this new, new world that's kind of been thrown at us. And I, I've seen so many women take a step back this year and I was like, mm, I can help, I can help you. I can help you see how with some systems and with some strategy, you can reduce that workload and still grow your business without throwing in the towel. So that's long story, but that's how I ended up to where I am today and doing what I love to do in this capacity.
0: Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. that. That all is great. And I agree with you. There is such need in the messy middle. We have so many people that are helping women start And, you know, conceptualize an idea of a business and all of that. And then we have people like you said that, you know, have high end offers that are helping the half a million dollar companies and things like that. But it's just exactly what you said. I totally feel that that like it's right. It's before six figures or after six figures. What got you there isn't going to get you further. Right. And I would love to talk about that since since you are so good with time management. Can we talk about hustle? And I this is such a spicy word. (laughs) People like love it or they hate it. And I think more people hate it, (laughs) at least now, but probably because we had to hustle our faces off in 2020 and we're over it, right? Like we're like, no, I'm not doing it anymore. Just like you said. So can you explain maybe your perspective on what got us to a certain level can't get us further? Like where is the hustle or, or whatever necessary? And when is it not?
1: Yeah. We can't sustain it. I mean, to any degree, we're all going to have seasons of hustle. And I don't even like that word. It just makes me cringe, but we're going to have busier seasons, right? Like Mm -hmm. even when when people are launching, like when you're leading up to a launch, the four to six weeks leading up to a launch is a busier season where you're putting in more time or energy. And if you want to call it hustle, more hustle. So there, depending on your business model, you might always have a busier season, Mm -hmm. but if you are, if that season becomes, you know, six months, eight months, 12 months, that it's no longer a season that is your business and it's not sustainable. And so what I would suggest is that you really take a look at what it is you're doing during that time that is making you feel, sometimes hustle too is the energy, right? Like we get this frantic, almost panicky energy. And so I'd say like, look at what triggers that panicky energy in you that makes you think that you have to get back to work, that you have to keep doing this, that you can't turn the computer off. Like there's usually some kind of trigger there. And I would say, look at what it is you're doing when that hits and then really reevaluate where does that task fall within the perspective of generating revenue? So for example, we do a lot of things that generate revenue and a lot of things that don't. And so if it's something like getting on a call with a client or putting a proposal together after a discovery call, you can really look at how those are directly linked to generating revenue in your business. But if it's like creating another piece of content or doing an Instagram reel or whatever it happens to be that you're feeling kind of frantic around that, I would look at that and reassess that and say, okay, is this something that I really have to do to grow my business? Or is there something else that doesn't make me feel as frantic or as panicked that I could work on instead? Because there are dozens and dozens of different strategies out there and you don't have to do all of them. You shouldn't be doing all of them, especially, Mm -hmm. especially as you're crossing six figure mark. But also there's no one strategy that's going to be the magic key. The one that is going to work best is the one that you feel most in alignment with, where you can keep your energy up and sustain it long-term. Because if you go all in on something for like three weeks, and then you're exhausted and can't continue it, you're going to lose any kind of momentum. So consistency in a sustainable business is much more important than trying to frantically try all of the different things that you're seeing out there on social media.
0: Yeah. Oh gosh, that's such a good point. And I like that you brought up that frantic energy. You know, like you said, we all have different seasons and sometimes it's good to be busy because you're like, oh wow, things have, you know, I've hit on something and it's goodness, but you don't have to necessarily go into that season with frantic energy or with this if I don't stop, then things are going to crumble. Like I have to keep going. We don't have to have that perspective, right? So yes, I thank you for those words of advice. I'd also say that like sometimes I find myself when I start to feel that way, it's because I've put myself in a a sphere that is like maybe it's comparison or it's like I've gotten so much encouragement to chase after a goal that all of a sudden it kind of backfires and I'm like, okay, I need to take a step back. I need to maybe unfollow some people on Instagram or whatever, and just like recalibrate, like you're saying, recalibrate so that I can be like, okay, you know, clear out some mind trash and move forward. Oh my God. Yes.
1: I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's exactly what happens is we, we follow too many people. Right. And I mean, I'm guilty of it too. You you know, someone follows you and you follow them back or someone suggests somebody else, you follow someone else on Instagram. And before you know it, you're following so many different people that are suggesting so many different things. And then you're thinking, well, what's the right way to do it? What Which one's right for me? Which one's gonna grow my business fastest? Which one is gonna get me that? out of this, you know, hustle mode or this phase that I'm in and you try them all. (laughs) Whereas if you follow less people online, then you're going to be getting less input into your brain. That's dividing your strategies. Right. So Mm -hmm. I, I try and carve it down to following two or three mentors. And so I like to follow one mentor on mindset, right? One mentor that is kind of like an expert in my, my niche or my space. And then one mentor that's an expert on this strategy I am currently feeling in alignment with. And Mm -hmm. so if that is like Instagram, then you'd follow someone that's an Instagram expert. If that is something on networking or creating partnerships or affiliates, then you would follow a person doing that. But I try and just kind of break it down so that I'm always following someone who's supporting my mindset, someone who knows what the heck they're doing in my space that has been in the, you know, for me, the business operations space so that I can start to see you know, what they're doing and, and how they're growing. Mm-hmm. And then one other person that follows, for me right now, it's Instagram, right? But, you know, that could change. Again, maybe I start to feel out of alignment with Instagram. Then I stop following that person and I pick one other person. And then let all of the rest go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Don't, you know, don't let your mind get boggled down with trying 20 different strategies all at once.
0: Yeah, totally. So then talking about project management, I would love to hear from you on what are just like, Just starting from the top, what are some of the big pros of using a project management tool? Like, why should we spend our time to set up a project management tool? What are we going to get out of it?
1: Okay. So, I I love this question. So, there's two things that you're eventually going to get out of it, maybe not right immediately, but off, you know, eventually you're going to be able to save both time and money. And here's how that works. So, first thing, when you set it up, it's going to eventually save you time because you're no longer looking around in the morning you no longer sit down at your desk and spend 20 or 30 minutes trying to figure out what is it i have to do today what's the top priority how long do i have to spend on it all of those things are going to be contained in that project management system for you you're going to know when you sit down your tasks that you have on your docket for the day and then if you set your project management system up properly you can put time estimates right within those tasks so you'll know approximately how long it takes to do each of those tasks And then you'll see, okay, so all of the tasks I have on my docket today add up to three hours. Do I have three hours in my day today? If yes, perfect. If no, I need to rearrange some of these tasks to fall later in the week. So that again, I'm not starting my day with that frantic energy of feeling behind. So that's the first thing. The second thing is you can house a lot of the other things in your Google Drive that are all over the place in one space. And so a lot of times we think of project management as like just housing, again, our tasks for the day. But you can use it to house all of your links for you know like when when you go to be on someone else's podcast, they want your your bio, your your headshot, they want your social links, your website. Like you can have like a, a hub or an HQ. Sometimes you'll hear them calling being called that has all of those things in there in one project board you can have another one like for you, Lauren, that would track all of your podcast episodes and what you have upcoming and the links to the download for that. And Mm -hmm. you can have another one that tracks your metrics on how many people have downloaded what episode, how many people have downloaded what freebie. And all of this can be housed in one central area. So you're not logging in to several different places all of the time. So it's going to save you a lot of time there.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then the next part is, even if you're a solopreneur right now, eventually, if you want to grow, you're going to need to bring in in support. And what that looks like will be different for your company, right? Everybody will start bringing in support. You don't always have to start with a general VA. You can start with a contractor that is niched in a particular specialty. But when you bring them in, they're going to need to know what's going on. They're going to need to know the tasks and the steps and where to find all of that information. And if you're already in the habit of building that out in your project management system and updating it every week, then when you bring that contractor in, you can say to them during their onboarding, okay, I want you to go through this project board and there are five different. Systems in here, or five different documents in here. I want you to get yourself familiar with before our meeting on Thursday. And then on Thursday, I'll answer any questions that you have about what you've seen within that project management. So you can give them a little bit of stuff to do, and also they can refer back to that Mm -hmm. over and over again as you're working with them. And so it becomes, again, this centralized place for your team to go for answers so that they're not coming to you first for everything all the time. And it also allows you to, again, then to centralize that communication. Again, rather than checking your DMs and your email and all these other places now, everything to do with those tasks is centralized within that system. Mm -hmm. So nothing gets lost or forgotten. And again, so that saves you time and then money with your contractors if you're paying them by the hour to make sure that they're using their time most efficiently.
0: Yeah. And I find it like with a project management tool versus using a Google Drive to house things, like you said, like it being a centralized hub, it's so much more visually appealing that I can find things faster. Like if I have a card for my headshot and my bio that I'm gonna send for interviews, like you, like you brought up, then it's so much easier for me to find that card than it would be like for me to use Google Drive or Dropbox for some reason because of the visual aspect of a project management tool.
1: Yeah, and so what I would say to that is you're still going to need some kind of Dropbox or mm-hmm, Google Drive right. element um, because to pay for the storage on your project management system, well, you'll have to increase your plan, which will cost you more, but you can directly link to wherever it's stored, mm-hmm. So you no longer get lost looking like, where did I leave this in Dropbox? Because now you've got the direct link right there in the card. And so like you said, it's more visually appealing to be able to go in and be like, oh, yep, here's my headshot. And then it links to the Google Drive place or your Dropbox where the, the headshot is stored.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Hey there, I wanted to interrupt this episode with a quick message for you. If you are listening to this show, then you are either wanting to become a podcast manager or currently a podcast manager. And I wanted to invite you to my free masterclass where I show you how to become a profitable podcast manager without working more than 20 hours per week. So, in this masterclass, I break down what it would look like for you to be making three to 5K per month working as a podcast manager without working more than 20 hours a week. Not only do I break that down, but I also talk about the three myths that I used to believe that was keeping me away from being a profitable podcast manager and that you might be believing as well. That and I share all the details about my podcast manager program. So if you're interested in learning more, learning the three myths that might be keeping you away from becoming a profitable podcast manager, or you just want to see what does it take to be a profitable podcast manager, then grab a seat to my masterclass. I would love to see you there. Just head to laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass and it'll show the next available time. Okay. Awesome. That is it. Go sign up for the masterclass. I can't wait to see you there. Let's get back to the episode. Now, can we talk about some of your favorite or the top used project management tools so we can give people, if they're like, wait, what are they talking about still? What are some of the names that we would know or we need to know about that are project management tools?
1: Okay. So the most commonly known name is Trello but funny enough, Trello is not my favorite project management tool. And I can touch on that in a minute and tell you why, but my two favorite project management tools are Asana or ClickUp. And both of them start with free plans. And both of those platforms have the capability to grow with your business to a million dollar business. It's not like you'll be having to switch back and forth. So let's start with why Trello is not my favorite. And then I'll explain why the, why I like the other ones better. So Trello, again, like you said, is a great visual platform. Like it's a really great for you to kind of lay things out and be able to see different things and what's happening. But what happens is as your business gets more complex or as you bring on team members, Trello doesn't have the capacity to handle it as more of a project management type platform. It's great for housing information. It's not so great for tracking deadlines and details of a project. Because in Trello, you have checklists instead of subtasks. And so you have a checklist, but you can't assign it to somebody. You can't give it a due date. So each item on that checklist then has to be converted to another card. And then the card has to be assigned to somebody with a due date. So that means then your boards can get massive, which means you don't really have a great picture of what's happening overall on that project because you're having to scroll through cards and scroll across the board. Mm. So again, like I said, it's great. I use Trello to house information. I, I have Trello boards of like, you know, micro offers that I've bought that have templates for emails and that kind of stuff. It's mm-hmm. great for sorting that kind of stuff. But when it comes to actually managing the projects in your business, and if you're bringing on a team and it's going to get more complex, it's not my favorite platform. So the other two I prefer, like I said, are Asana or ClickUp. So if you are brand new brand new to project management and you are less like, oh my goodness, I have no idea where to start. Asana is the easier platform to get to know. Okay. It's very intuitive. There's not a whole lot of bells and whistles associated with it. So you can really just kind of go in, get started using it. And like I said, it can grow with you to a seven figure business. If you like that platform, ClickUp is a much more robust platform, but with that, There's a lot of different elements of details that you can get lost in that. And so that's why I recommend that unless you are somebody who's been used to doing project management or, you know, someone like me who loves project management, that you hold off on that because otherwise you'll fall down the rabbit hole of learning and figuring out the platform and you won't actually use the platform for what it is you need. So for example, with ClickUp, you can set different settings at the workspace level the space level, the folder level, and the list level. And each one of those can have different settings, different statuses, different everything. And so if you're listening to me going, oh my goodness, what is she even talking about? That's not the platform to start with because Mm. like I said, you'll get lost in that rabbit hole and then you won't actually use the project management system for what it's used for.
0: Yeah. Now question for you. So I'm thinking, you know, for our audience, they're managing two different things. They're managing their own business, Mm -hmm. which is a, a smaller business than the then the businesses that they're also on the teams yep. that they're on so what i've seen is you know well like what you're saying kind of resonates with like how we're going to house our own business how we're going to grow our own business but then when we're on teams we generally speaking you then are using their whatever project management tool they're using, unless you get hired by a podcaster that doesn't really have a system, then you're like, hey, great, we can use my and you use your preferred method like your Asana board or your Trello board or your ClickUp. But what would you recommend if we're someone that's just starting out as a as a podcast manager, and we want to have an idea of these big three? So that when we get hired onto a team, we'll have some sort of idea, right? Like if we were to get hired onto a team that uses ClickUp and we're going to be managing their podcast, is there a resource or something that we could look at that would help us just understand like the basics of ClickUp so that we were kind of ready if we got hired onto a team that used it?
1: Yeah, it's funny that you ask. I'm in the process of putting some of that information together for my community, but ClickUp has a fabulous website. They have a lot of on-demand webinars that you don't even have to put your your information in for. So you know, in the online space, anytime you have one information, you have to give them your email. But if you go to ClickUp's website, and I'll find the the link for you, Lauren, and you can pop it in the show notes for your listeners. You can go on, and they, like I said, they have forty-five minute webinars that are very specific on certain things. And so they have ClickUp for freelancers getting started with ClickUp, ClickUp Advanced. Like they have, I think about 20 or 30 different webinars that are targeted to specific niches or specific topics. And so your listeners could kind of go on there and see, you know, if they just want the basics or if they're, you know, needing to use it as a CRM or something like that. There's a specific training there for them. They are 45 minutes long, though. That's the only downside is that you have to kind of sit through the whole training. Like Mm -hmm. I said, I'm in the process of putting together like a little mini course that would do like the basics, like the 101 of how to get started with it. But it's not quite done yet.
0: Yeah, no, that sounds great. Because like I said, you're so you're recommending Asana, which I've like a lot of people use, right? Lots of people use that. And a lot of people use ClickOps and Trello, whatever. You know, there's a lot of people that use all of these. So, you know, we could start with Trello or Asana if we're not like pros at project management, but then we could have an idea of the other two and, you know, so that we're just kind of ready when we need to use it. Exactly, exactly. And I want to bring that
1: up too. Like if you're just getting started, don't hop down the rabbit hole of researching Monday, Notion, same page, Trello, Asada, like all of the things, right? If one is working for you, like Lauren, if Trello is working for you, stick with Trello. Because here's the thing when your business evolves to the point where it gets complex enough that you need to find a different project management system, at that point, you're going to have the resources on your team to have somebody else figure that out for you. Or if you know the one you want to move to, to have somebody else do that move for you. And so, you know, don't like, just get started. If, if Trello works for you and it makes sense to you and you're able to keep your business organized, then there's no point in moving. Like I'm a big fan of sticking with the system that works. Don't Mm -hmm. jump to a new system just because it's the one everyone else is talking about online. If it's not broke, (laughs) it doesn't need to be fixed, right? So if Trello works, stick with Trello.
0: And kind of going back to what we were talking earlier about, you know, our time management and, you know, the hustle conversation. It's the same kind of thing where it's like the way you use your time now starting out is going to be different from the way that you use your time later on. And if you were to always act like you're a seven figure entrepreneur, you probably wouldn't make a lot of headway in the beginning. So the project management tool that's going to be perfect for us as seven figure entrepreneurs might not be the perfect one right now. It sounds like Asana. Maybe that's the perfect middle one. (laughs) But, you know, you do kind of have to get started with something, just get started with something. And then like you said, I love that once you are ready to move because your business is big enough, you'll have some, some more resources to make that switch.
1: Yeah. And I mean, the tech is ever evolving too. So by the time you're ready to move, there might be a new one out there and you don't want to waste all your time researching what's happening now when you're not ready for that next level. Because that, again, we're talking about managing our time and our essential tasks versus those non-essential ones. That's not an essential task, right? Stick with where you're at now, focus on what you need to do now. And then later on, you can, you can do that. And With the tech evolving, a lot of them will migrate what you have on your platform over to theirs. So for Mm. example, ClickUp will migrate Trello, Asana, I think monday.com and a couple others. Like they have an import right into ClickUp from those other things. And so as long as you keep up on whatever it is you're doing and it's, it's organized and it's manageable and it's working for you, there will be the option down the road for that new platform to just really kind of pull in everything that you've got set up already. So yeah, don't spend a lot of time trying to figure out how that's going to work. Because like I said, mm-hmm. there's always, there's always an integration somewhere in our tech world. And if it's not there yet, it will be by the time you need it to work that, you know, you don't need to worry so much about, oh, if I build this here now, then I'm going to have to move everything. Yes, but you'll have support. It won't be you doing it.
0: Yeah. Now, you've touched on some of this, but what else should we look for in a project management system? What are some big things that we would really want for building our own businesses? Yeah.
1: So I like to be able to have the option to assign different subtasks to different people. I think that's really important as you grow your business. And as your system starts to get a little bit more complex, you might have someone maybe doing some graphics for you or someone else doing show notes for you or something like that. And you want to be able to assign those subtasks to the different team member and then assign a different deadline so that you know that the graphic needs to be done before it goes to the person who's uploading the stuff to the website right? Mm -hmm. And, and if you need your website blog to go live on a Tuesday, then they need that graphic probably by the Monday. And, you know, so you can kind of plan backwards and and assign different deadlines to your team members. So they know, because again, most of us are working with contractors. They're not full-time employees in our company. And so when a contractor is managing multiple businesses, they need to know what deadline they have for that particular assignment. So, that they can make sure that they're hitting that deadline and they're not holding up the back end of your business. And so, I think it's really, really important to have that ability to assign different subtasks with different deadlines to different people on your team.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And when and if we bring people on, you know, if if the people listening are thinking about starting an agency and they're, or they're going to start outsourcing their editing or something like that, as that person who has the contractors underneath them, you have to be so clear with those deadlines. And so, like you're saying, if you have a place to put that deadline, it's very clear to everyone when things are due. And it's not like, oh, I know that the graphics are due on Monday, but clearly this person doesn't know because they're not doing it.
1: Right. Yeah. And we hold so much information in our head. And I think that's the other thing, too. When you get started with a project management system, it just forces you to figure out, oh, right, I forgot about that step or, oh, I forgot to put that in there. In the first month, it's going to be a little bit rocky with a new team member. If you're getting started with your project management at the same time you're hiring, but you'll then be able to just quickly go in and add that subtask and then duplicate that whole block for the next episode or the next client mm. or whatever it is, right? It it saves you a lot of time once you get that list in there because then you can just go and duplicate that process.
0: Yeah. So speaking of that, how much time should we or are we should we expect to spend not setting up the system, but once we have the system and it's working pretty well, you know, it's probably never gonna be perfect, but it's working well. How much time should we expect to be spending on setting up tasks weekly or kind of just maintaining the system?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So the maintaining of the system a lot of times will go on autopilot because you can set the task to repeat weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, quarterly, whatever it is, however frequently you need to do that task, it'll automatically pop back up. So Mm -hmm. even when you mark it complete, if you need to do it again next month, it'll pre-populate that task for you. So you won't have to go in and make any changes unless you've changed your process, What might need to change would be like you're onboarding a new client or you're onboarding a new team member and you need to now duplicate and recreate that project for that new team member, in which case you make that part of your onboarding project. If you know it's going to take you 30 minutes to set up this new client or whatever, then you estimate that in your tasks as a onboard new client 30 minute task. But I would say I typically... So for me in my business, I do this on Fridays and I go in and on Fridays, I spend about 30 minutes making sure that everything for the upcoming week. And sometimes, you know, the next two weeks is kind of all set out and that if anything else has come up, like a podcast appearance or something like that, that I'm looking at what else I have on that day and kind of like a bookkeeper reconciles your books, you're kind of reconciling your project management system with your calendar. I like that. And you can pull in like family calendar time and, you know, like it doesn't just have to be your business tasks. This is where you can sit down and I use Google calendar. So I overlay my family calendar with my business calendar. And so then I'll sit down and I'll have a look at, okay, we've got this going on on this day and this going on on this day. And then I can look at my tasks in my project management system and shift them around accordingly. Because like I said, not everything is a mandatory task. Sometimes we add these extra little things in there that we could get away with not doing. And those are the ones that get bumped
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so along with that i would say i guess another essential piece of the project management system is to be able to assign it a high medium or low priority to the task because that way as you're going through and you're reconciling this kind of thing you can see you're not going to bump your high priority tasks right it's the low priority ones that are going to be you know moved around and shifted to another week or another time same thing with your team members right like we talked if you are in that busier season that launch season right and they only have 10 hours a week to give to your business, and they have more than 10 hours of tasks, they're able to look at the priority of those tasks and assess what you need done right away. And then Mm. some of those lower priority ones that maybe can be shifted to when you're out of that busy season of your business, right? Like, we can catch up on metrics. You can just take a screenshot of them, save the screenshot on your computer so they don't disappear, but then you don't exactly get them put into the spreadsheet until after your busy season. That's fine, right? Like they can kind of catch up on some of those tasks a little bit later.
0: Yeah, that's, I love that. I hadn't really thought about like high, medium and low priority. Now, one thing that I find myself doing is low priority tasks. Maybe you bump them and then you bump them. (laughs) It's like, how often are these getting done? (laughs) So how could maybe you track, you know, you have this thing that you do every single Thursday. Let's just say it's metrics. Like you're inputting your metrics every Thursday, but then you always find yourself on Thursdays being overwhelmed with stuff or whatever. And so you just keep bumping it. How can we make sure, or how can we look back and see how many times have I actually done this task in the last month?
1: That's great. So you can make a note right within the task to say bumped from this date, bumped from this date. And then you know how many times you've bumped it. But what I would say is like, Two things you can look at. One, is it just that you've put it on a Thursday and Thursdays are really busy for you and you need to move that task to a Tuesday or something like that. Perhaps that's what needs to happen is you just need to kind of go in there and reset that. The other thing I like to do is, I, I'm sure your audience has heard of this, but having a CEO day, right? So once a month you sit down and you block off however much time. So when you say CEO day, it doesn't mean like eight hours. It means like whatever your work day is, three hours, four hours, whatever that is, but you block that off once a month for you. And during this time is when I go through and I review my profit and loss statement that my bookkeeper has pulled together for me. That's where I'm kind of maybe looking at some of the offers I have coming up. Maybe it's redoing copy for you know, my website or something like that. Like something that, again, that I've been putting off and putting off that I know needs to be done. It's not an urgent task, but I'll block off. Like I said, about four hours once a month to do those things. And then within all of those tasks I've been bumping, I prioritize them and I see what I can get done in the four hours. And then the rest of it kind of gets put off, you know, like updating your bio on Instagram or updating your about me page on your website. Again, not typically high revenue generating activities, And so if that gets bumped because I'm, you know, catching up on this other thing that I, that will maybe like revamping my landing page might actually sell more of my product. Right. So I can look at again, how tightly that's linked to generating revenue in my business. And then look at that. And sometimes it might mean that that task that I keep bumping is something that I look at, okay, is this a task I need to even be doing? Right. Or can I just dump that task for now? Like, am I doing it because I quote unquote, think I should be doing it because of somebody else I'm following, or is it necessary my business? And then the second thing you look at is all of those tasks, are they falling under a particular category? Are they all social media tasks? Are they all Mm -hmm. writing tasks? Are they all tech connection tasks? And then you start looking at, okay, well, at what point in my business, how many more clients, how much more revenue do I have to generate where I could hire somebody for five hours a month? To take care of some of these things for me like we don't always have to hire someone for 20 hours a week you can find people that will do like a five hour a month kind of thing and look at are all those tasks something that you could outsource to somebody for five hours a month
0: yeah and then looking at those tasks that you keep bumping sometimes it's stuff that you actually do want to do but it's higher level thinking and you get caught up in just your weekly to-dos you're just like you're in the system you're in the you know you're in the grind and so you never do those high level thinkings of reviewing your profit and loss or giving yourself space to think about the future of your business. You know, sometimes like for me, my brain is always going. So I just need like nothing. Like, no, you know, I should not be listening to another podcast episode. I just need space to do nothing so that I can process really is what it is. So I feel like you could even do that on a CEO day. Like we're talking about is you like, I love that you said, like kind of catch up on things that you haven't. You know, you keep bumping. Um, give yourself some space to to think through things if you need to, and then do those like more CEO like tasks of looking at your website and and things like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I, and again, it depends on your lifestyle. Like I'm making the assumption here that most of us are trying to work a Monday to Friday or a Monday to Thursday. But some people might work weekends and take the middle of the week off. Mm-hmm. But looking at like what day of the week is your Friday? Whatever your Friday is, and I like to give myself the first hour of that day to do that bigger level to do some of that visioning that thinking that next direction stuff every week because it it also helps me reorganize my plan for the following week so on my mm-hmm. friday which is a thursday in my business i take the first hour in the morning and i block that off i just put mindset in my calendar but you can call it whatever you want and it is that higher level thinking stuff just to create this space where you can give yourself permission to not be productive right? Quote unquote productive. And just sit there and think like, what is the next level? What is that next direction? Don't put a podcast on like, just sit there, especially if you have children, like silence is golden. Like just give yourself that time. And then, like I said, the last 30 minutes of my day is when I'm reorganizing my project management system for the next week. So I've had that morning thinking time, then I've done some work throughout the day. And then at the end of the day, I'm pulling all of that together to go, okay, what is the priority for next week? And then I reconcile it with my calendar.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, what about following up with clients? When would you fit that in? Because I have this on my calendar as a weekly thing of like, looking at my client's work and saying, okay, I need this. Not So it's not tasks for me. It's actually like tasks for them to reminders for them. Or do you not run into that because your system is so amazing? Or are you still, <laughs> <laughs> tell me that actually.
1: <laughs> oh, no, you're, I mean, no matter how amazing your system is, you you can't control people. Right, right. <laughs> people right. are people. Yeah. Um, yes, so I do. It depends on, so for example, let's say you needed a graphic okay, realistically, your client can probably pull that together in a day. So I would remind them like 48 hours before I needed the graphic for that. Mm-hmm. But if it's something that's taking them longer, like I really needed you to review a sales page. Well, I know you guys are pod- a lot of podcast managers, so maybe you need them to review the show notes,
0: mm-hmm. right? And or you're like, okay. is usually recording. is usually okay. ba- <laughs> recording an intro. That's actually the the bottleneck always. The intros. Okay. yeah, Yeah. Like an intro to an interview. Like, Hey, I need that intro. And I need it tomorrow. Like, so do you see this as being more of like, you put this, like, if you're, let's say you need it on a Thursday, it's just like a Tuesday thing. Yep. Every Tuesday, you're just, you're checking. That's like, that's what I do Absolutely. is you're just checking to make sure there's not anything missing so that you're not, when you go to do the task, it's like, oh shoot, they were supposed to get it to me, but they didn't.
1: Yes. Absolutely. I would add that in as part of your process. And so that's where with the multiple subtasks can be really helpful because it can be within that task for the episode of the week is like on Tuesday, email name of client if haven't received intro or something like mm-hmm. that and then it can be assigned to you on that date so that, you know, Wednesday it can go to the editor to be, you know, edited and put together with the rest of the episode.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, Kristen, this has been so great and I think that the listeners know that if they're first starting out that they should look into these pick one go for it get something set up and then maybe if they're if they're more advanced and they're like I just needed someone to tell me that I need to move to asana maybe this is their this is that moment for them but how can the audience connect with you after the show and just continue to learn from you with project management and time management and all this good stuff
1: yeah i love that question so i am most active on instagram And I love connecting with people in my DMs. I love hearing what they've taken away from the show, what they're they're excited about with their project management system. So I would love if your listeners would just head over to Instagram and shoot me a DM. An audio message would be awesome so I can hear their wonderful voice and just let me know what they loved about the show. And you can also find me, I have a Facebook group where I do like some of these little behind the scenes, little snippets of time-saving hacks and ClickUp hacks and, and different things like that. So if they have questions specifically about that kind of stuff, they can always hop over, join my group, and have the opportunity to ask me questions. I go live every Friday answering their the questions that they have throughout the week. So those are the best two places to go and find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much
0: for being on. Yeah, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. And let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing podcast manager, Marcy Page on producing this episode. Alright, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.